you're entering the wind tunnel, your home for real motorsports conversation. I'm Lenny Baticki, this week on Wind Tunnel. I just find it very difficult to believe that I could just stop racing. I am sure within a couple of months I'd be like, I have to get in a car. I really do. I just can't. Like, I've thought about it a couple of times. Like, I, would, I think I'd just, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'll keep at it as long as I can. I just can't see myself doing that. I mean, what would you do? It's like, obviously, people see the female driver and maybe think less of them. Hopefully not, but I haven't got too much discrimination where I race. I think I've gotten a lot of respect from the other drivers. And I'm thankful for my parents because even since a young age, they let me know that there's no limits. Some of the things uh, on the racetrack and off are, are, are very special to us. But that um, that um, 20, 2020 um, Cup car from Daytona was um, was a tough one. Um, you know, feel so blessed and fortunate to live through it. But um, you know, have a disaster of a trophy to remember that day, and that's that's okay with me. I'd rather be able to remember it than not. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Here's your host. Jackaroo. Welcome back inside the wind tunnel. I really am happy that you're here. Now, in this week's episode, I visit with three drivers in three distinctly different stages in their career. After 21 years in NASCAR's premier level, the Cup Series, Ryan Newman left Cup and entered semi-retirement. I say semi-retirement because... While he spends much of his time on his farm and raising his two young daughters, Rocket Man, as he's called, also runs some one-off short track events. And, by the way, he's chasing this year's Superstar Racing Experience Championship. I got a chance to sit down with Newman when SRX was at my family's Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut a couple of weeks back, and Let's just say that visit is the most unusual and humorous interview that I have ever done for Wind Tunnel. This week's Advanced Auto Parts Victory Lap travels out to Monroe, Washington, and spotlights a 17-year-old driver named Haley Constance, who is pursuing her dream to become a nationally known late model champion while she hones her craft at her local Evergreen Speedway. And Will Power drops by, and Will unpack his newfound approach to his IndyCar career. The terror from Toowoomba shares an honest self-evaluation of that career, as well as his future goals behind the wheel. And he also begins to open up about what he perceives life might be whenever he decides to hang up that helmet. But before we switch to our guests, you do need to get caught up on last weekend's action. So let's start with the truck series and their road racing adventure at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Parker Kligerman, a two-time winner in this series, but he hasn't won since 2017. It's been a while. Zane Smith, three wins this season. Can Smith get to the bumper and make another move on Kligerman before the end in the final lap here? One last shot at him. One more time. Can he get to the bumper? No, it's Parker Klingerman winning in Mid-Ohio. Wonderful, awesome job by both of those drivers. What a professional go. I was really emotional on the cool-out lap because, you know, this whole team, it's like a, a team of second chances, right? Like, two years ago, I thought my driving days were done. This team gave me a call. Want to get back racing, and it's just been a steady improvement throughout throughout. Charlie Henderson, Don Henderson, the whole Henderson family, all the employees at Food Country USA, who give us this opportunity to come out here um, and do this. <laughs> it's un it's un unbelievable when you put a talented group of humans together, what they can achieve. And we were doing this on an absolute fraction of what the trucks were up against. Um, and it went to Middle Ohio, road course. Finally, a road course win. I mean, I have, I started in road courses. I came in NASCAR thinking, oh, that will be easy. It's taken me more than a decade to get a win. But finally, we're here. It was a doubleheader weekend at the newly imagined Atlanta Motor Speedway, featuring NASCAR's Xfinity cars on Saturday and the Cup Series on Sunday. So let's check out the results 
from Saturday's Xfinity race. It's Austin Hill, Josh Berry, Ryan Truex, Daniel Hemrick, Tyler Reddick, the top five. Hemrick tries to make the run. Now Berry does the same. He's got to check up. He goes up high. Down the back straightaway, side by side for second. It's going to be a huge run to the back on the top. Will there be enough momentum? Austin Hill right on the double white line. Can he win in Georgia? Austin Hill holds him off. He wins. What a car, man. RCR has been working their ever-loving tails off. Was a rocket ship all day. Um, We had an issue right when we rolled pit road. Team couldn't hear me. Changed helmets thinking that was the case and uh, still couldn't hear me. So we had to do hand gestures on the side of the the car to to make adjustments. And um, we just won in Atlanta. That's that's so special. Um, I've been trying to win here for a long time. Finished second here three times in a row, twice in a truck, and then uh, earlier in the spring here. So. It's been owing me one, and uh, finally we got one. That evening, round four of the SRX series was in the Music City's racing landmark, the Nashville Fairground Speedway, where the superstars strutted their stuff. Marco chasing down, trying to catch Labonte, knowing he may face a challenge from Kenseth as well. But up front, it's the NASCAR Hall of Famer Labonte in command. He started 2050, he finished first here in 1996 in his only NASCAR race at this speedway. He won it. Then he came back and won it as an owner with David Green behind the wheel of the Labonte racing machine. 9,610 days ago, Bobby Labonte won in Nashville in NASCAR. Tonight, he takes the checkered flag in the superstar racing experience in Music City. Fantastic race, honestly. A top three with incredibly talented guys. That was a fantastic race all night long. i tell you what, I mean, it's just like, you know what, I, I didn't run that good in practice, and I, I told Tony, I was like, I think maybe I'm just running the wrong line, and uh, so yeah, I usually I try to fire off and go fast and feel like I got plenty of confidence, and uh, I didn't. But I will say that you know I just followed uh, you know um, Joseph there early and uh, a couple of those other guys. They're tough, you know what I mean. But we had a great night, a lot of fun, and uh, can't believe I won one because it's like I just don't think I'm ever going to win. I won't finish third or fifth, but uh, my uh, my nephew Justin Lamani, his. His kid won a go, uh, quarter midget race today at our quarter midget track in Salisbury. So I had a little pressure on me today. There was also plenty of action on NASCAR's Advanced Auto Parts weekly track circuit. And for that update, let's turn our attention to the host of PRNs at the track, Lenny Baticki. Thanks a lot, Jack. A lot of hot midsummer racing going on in the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series. We'll start this week's report in New Hampshire, where Tyler Leary won at Monadnock. Austin Erickson, a winner at Hudson, and at Claremont, it was Ricky Bly. Barry Audi wins at Pennsylvania's Jennerstown Speedway, while over at Grandview, it was Keith Brightbill returning home and getting the checkers. Adams County and Iowa to Toby Hardesty. Zach Riddle, a winner at Wisconsin's Madison International. National Speedway, while Jay Reigns won in the minivan category at Lacrosse Fairgrounds. Yeah, the fairgrounds has a minivan racing category. How cool. Colorado National to Cody Dempster. Evan Racine, a winner at Canada's RPM Speedway. Autodrome Shortier to Jeff Cody. And Donovan Lussier wins at Autodrome Granby. Coos Bay and Oregon to Toby McIntyre. J.R. Bertuccio wins at New York's Riverhead Raceway. Bethel Motor Speedway to John Veldy Sr. Name a Lang back in victory lane at Evergreen Speedway in in Washington, while in North Carolina it was Burt Myers getting the checkers at Bowman Gray Stadium. All-American Speedway in California, first-time winner, Kenna Mitchell. Jalen Hardbarger wins at the Salina High Banks in Kansas. Magic Valley Speedway, Twin Falls, Idaho, Spud 150, checkered flag. The big potato this year, Zach Tedford. Shelby Strobel wins at Meridian. New Smyrna Speedway in Florida to Brad May. Justin Wagner wins at Rockford in Illinois. Seekonk, Massachusetts to A.J. Manuel and Dustin Ash getting the checkers at Las Vegas's Bullring. That's your NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series report. Thanks for having us, Jack. We'll see you next time. And finally, on Sunday afternoon, the Cup Series dropped the curtain on the racing weekend when they hit Atlanta's high banks for 400 miles. One lap to go. 
LaJoy loose behind the nine. Now he goes to the high side. All the way up into the wall goes LaJoy. He's going to spin around. Oh, He'll collect the field. Caution will come out, and it looks as though the nine of Chase Elliott is going to be scored the winner. Chase Elliott will join his father as the only Georgia-born driver now. Two of them to win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. To win at your home track is a is a really big deal, I think, to any race car driver. And, and uh, I've, I've watched a lot of guys do it over the years. You know, Jimmy out in California, and um, we haven't really had a, a very good run here. So I uh, felt like, you know, today was a great opportunity for us. But just so proud, uh, you know, that this is obviously home for me, home to a lot of great fans who made a lot of noise today. Uh, I got to ask you about the last lap. You had to go up and block the seven. You actually said, I'm sorry, on the radio. So what was going through your mind on that final lap? Uh, well, I mean, obviously I knew he was going to have a, a big run. Um, you know, I didn't want to really give him the bottom. And, you know, I tried to tried to give it one good, real aggressive block. I uh, felt like I had enough room to kind of give it a second one. And he was, uh, you know, just right there on the right side of my back bumper. So it was far enough, um, you know, to the back side of the bumper to launch me forward um you know hate it tore up some cars but i mean i don't know what you do either go for the win or don't i'm going to choose option a every day of the week so there you have it a great weekend of racing after the break we'll start our visits with this week's guest so stay right where you are we're just getting it cranked up here inside the wind tunnel Coming your way, out of turn 13, out of turn 14, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, the last one at Belleau is win one by Will Power. How about that? Chase yes, all yes, the way yes, down. yes. Oh, God. Power After this timeout. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. Look at Will Power! And he spins! Desperate move! And it has not paid off! Will Power trying to make some moves. Contact there with Romain Grosjean. Will Power, Alexander Rossi. He is not hanging about. He's clear, not waiting for clear, anybody. Clear he may have been last on lap one of this race. And Power is firing. Rossi's coming back though. Had a look, couldn't quite do it. And here comes Will Power. BK on use reds, trying to defend, but Will Power on sticker reds. Will Power is on the charge, coming from all the way at the back and going to the front. You know when you go to the grocery store and you see emblazoned across the, the item that you want to purchase, new and improved? Well, that's the case for, at least in my humble opinion, our next wind tunnel guest, who has uh, reinvented himself. But then again, maybe not. Well, why don't we just find out from the source himself? We welcome Will Power into the wind tunnel. Will, the talk all season long has been this newfound perspective on your part about your well the way you go about races there was a period of time where a lot of times you know the you were you were your own worst critic and when things didn't go the way that you expected well then you would erupt emotionally not necessarily at someone else but within your own soul that seems to be absent this year well you, yeah you got it You've got it exactly right when things didn't go the way I expected. That life, it never goes the way you expect. So, um, yeah, the reaction. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly haven't changed that much. I mean, I'm having a great year and, uh, you know, I, I always work hard at it. And I love it. And, um, you know, my race craft is, is uh, definitely good because it's i've just had a bad run of qualifying so i'm starting back there and you just get you know you get good at racing when you're back there so uh you think about how many years i spent qualifying right at the front you know you weren't starting in the pack so 
it's um yeah I, it it you know as you get older you get a bit more calm anyway uh, yeah i think it's a little bit of that as well and um yeah nothing you know if i if i stopped racing now i'd be happy with my career so i haven't really got any pressure on me to yeah put up a you know, you know more wins or or whatever it may be a championship but uh, i still have a very very strong desire to win and compete at the highest level and uh, you know i'm working as hard as i did when i was in my 20s and um also have that same fire burning as i had when i was in my 20s yeah but i think you understand it more and i think that's that's prototypical of anybody that has the number of years at a craft such as yourself in the beginning, uh, it's, it's, yes, you want to win. It's a burning desire. You'll do whatever it takes, but then along comes that period where you wonder if you'll ever win again. And then you start to measure yourself and, oh my God, you wake up one morning and you're so con confused because it stops being fun. Is it fun for willpower now? Because it sure strikes me that it is that you actually enjoy testing yourself. Like you forced yourself into doing it mid Ohio. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, I think you get to a point or, you know, when you get to a certain age, you realize that, uh, you know, uh, there are times in my career, I was like, oh, you know, you're looking elsewhere. There must be something better elsewhere. But at the end of the day, it's this is what I love doing. And I enjoy it so much. And when you finish a weekend, it's been just a clean weekend, not necessarily one or anything, but you just put a good solid weekend together. You just, you always come away thinking, man, I, it's, it is so enjoyable. It's such a great, I'm so lucky to be doing this as a, as, as a job. So yeah, I think there's, it's uh, yeah, just, <laughs> I, it's funny. Like I just, it's it's i have such desire now um that i had when i was younger i've had less desire than this for sure in previous years i have um and uh, yeah i don't know yeah i just enjoy the craft i love racing i mean it's it's what i've loved since i was a little kid and still do how, how did that love get born you know take me back to when you were when you were a little kid and uh, how you became so romanced with motorsports it was my father uh, who had a Formula Three, Formula Two car in his garage, and he raced. And I just loved racing. I loved open wheel cars. I loved Formula One. And uh, I remember watching Formula One when I was a kid. And I remember Indianapolis watching that. Um, and that was, it's all I wanted to be as a kid. That's all I wanted to be. If I was ever asked at school when I was a kid, about eight years old, the answer would be exactly that. It was a long path, and it wasn't without its, its shall I say, exit ramps and, and blockades for you. And in some cases, happenstance is what seemed to pave the way for willpower to get to the point where now you are comfortable in your own skin and look, don't con me because I've always said it. And I believe it with you. You've never worked a day in your life because this is a passion and a love that you enjoy. So, uh, you know, for me dealing with that adversity, um, how has that made you a better husband, a better father, just a better member of, of, of the entire human race? Well, that's just life. Every single, person goes through the same struggle and comes to the usually comes to at some point the same conclusions and um yeah we all have that's just it's you know this place earth isn't built to hate for human beings we've got to work around all the difficulties and um that's just life you know motorsport is a great example of life the ups and downs of it over a whole season you know within one season you can get the sort of ups and downs you get it over a, you know 10 year period in life so uh yeah it's the older you get the more you just accept that that's what it, it is as simple as that i think that's mental strength honestly mental strength is just not caring just or accept just accepting i mean it is it's the way it is. It's never going to be perfect. Life isn't fair. Sometimes you get a bit lucky. Sometimes you get unlucky. I mean, I reckon it all 
filters out about the same for people. I'm in no way shape with the question I'm going to ask you trying to uh, promote you getting out of the cockpit, but let's face it. Uh, that's somewhere and hopefully well down the road, but with the passion that you've had uh, and the abiding fire in your soul, what is life after the cockpit? Is it in the world of motorsports? Is that what you hope will happen or will you have a drop the mic moment? And then like others, just walk away and say, that's the end of that chapter in my life. I don't, I just find it very difficult to believe that I could just stop racing. I am sure within a couple of months, I'd be like, I have to get in a car. I really do. I just can't, like I've thought about it a couple of times. Like I would, I think I'd just, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'll keep at it as long as I can. I just can't see myself doing that. I mean, what would you do? What would you do? For someone like me, I just, I think I'd go crazy. Well, we don't want to see that. And it's, as I said, way far down the road. A lot of talk throughout the season. In fact, on Brick by Brick, just uh, uh, recently, Tony Kanana and I were discussing just what work has been put forth by the Bowtie Brigade for 2022 and with Chevrolet, but specifically also, some of the turnaround of the unexpected uh, with within Team Penske a as a driver. Yes, you've had your unexpected moments and maybe some disappointments, but overall, how strong is Team Penske and Chevrolet in 2022 compared, let's say, to 2021? Oh, it's uh, it's a big, big improvement on the uh, engine front for sure, and the drivability department. You know, I think we also found some power. So you know, Chevy did a great job over the off season, but also the team. I feel like the team just had a bad year last year. Simply, you know, I, 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 I feel like we gave away quite a few wins. It's just some oddball sort of mechanical stuff um, that, you know, wasn't really anyone's fault. Um, but this year everything's clicking and, you know, I definitely, definitely the strongest team by far this year, the strongest team is, and that doesn't necessarily mean the actual performance or speed of the car, but just the execution of race weekends, because as you know, a lot, a lot of gears have to mesh well for race weekend to go, um, smoothly. And, and that's. I feel like what Team Penske's strength is. And Team Penske's strength stretches well beyond the NTT IndyCar series. And all of it finds itself in-house in North Carolina. And I wonder for someone like you that has that abiding passion, uh, what it's like to interact with the Loganos of the world and the Blaney's of the world and, you know, everything over on the road racing side and, you know, your, your, your ultimate boss's son's accomplishments uh, in stock car racing. Uh, how enjoyable is that to have an assortment of very talented racers in house at, uh, you know, at your disposal to, if nothing more, just sit down and exchange ideas and kibitz now and again. Uh, well, actually, we don't really see each other very much because <laughs> we're never in the shop at the same time. It's kind of funny. Last year at the uh, uh, the second Indy road course race, all the NASCAR guys were there. That is the first time I've ever seen one of the cup drivers in our truck. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, because they were there. They were racing the next day. So I think they might have even been practicing on the day that we were racing. So. So yeah, I was uh, haven't had all that much interaction. I get out there sometimes with uh, Austin Sindrick and we go go karting and um, always have a good catch up with him. But uh, yeah, I mean that, the the team is just full of great talented drivers. Um, yeah, the times we do get together would be you know Christmas party or a team breakfast or something. It's always fun. A lot of joking. Yeah, I would definitely do that. I would like to do it. I, I've uh, over the years, I've always been a little reluctant to do anything else but IndyCar because I'm so 
so focused and I do not want to take anything away from what I'm doing in IndyCar, um, you know, and it's, it's always, it's tough in the season. It's, it's a grind and anything that takes a bit of energy away from trying to win races in IndyCar, I just, uh, yeah, haven't put much energy into it and, uh, yeah, trying to get a ride or something like that. But I would love to do it at some point. I really would. I see in the background uh, a surfboard. Please explain to me the significance in Will Power's life of a surfboard. Is it just because of where you come from or uh, are, are you are you a beach guy? No, that was actually for winning St. Pete Grand Prix. <laughs> There you go. If it isn't <laughs> motorsports related, right? It is not going to be in Will Power's home. Yeah. That's amazing. Was it, uh, <laughs> just uh, that was that's what you got for winning St. Pete. It's pretty cool. I've got a couple of them, I think. Well, yeah, I think you do. But you realize that one of your fellow drivers, Kyle Kirkwood, you know, surfing is the way he stays in training. So it's always available to you. You could, you know, take a run down to Jupiter, and I'm sure he could give you some lessons. Can you imagine yourself on a surfboard? Oh, I've been on one. Yeah, I mean, I used to I grew up uh, in Australia, so you're definitely going to get on a surfboard at some point. I did a lot of bodyboarding when I was younger. Um, obviously, do a lot of body surfing anytime I go back to Australia. So yeah, they got the best beaches in the world as far as surf. Man, it's uh, Cole Kirkwood would be in heaven if we raced on the Gold Coast still. Hey, listen, it's always a pleasure. Uh, it, it's so refreshing to see a willpower comfortable in his own skin. And uh, that has always indicated to me that there's a lot of success on the horizon for you. More championships, more wins, and uh, go get them before the end of 2022. Let's uh, keep the ball rolling, okay? Uh, absolutely, Jack. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Stay where you are because there's plenty more to come on Wind Tunnel after this timeout. Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. Welcome back to your podcast home for motorsports conversation. Jackaroots Wind Tunnel. They bump, they bang side by side for the race lead to turn one. Ryan Newman goes underneath and ready. Can Marco cross over back? Newman gets away. Ryan Newman is one lap away from a win at Stafford. The 44-year-old from South Bend, Indiana, brings the fans to their feet. The checkered flag waves tonight over Ryan Newman, a superstar racing experience winner at Stafford. A couple of weeks ago, the SRX series came to my family's track, the Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut, and it gave me the chance to take Wind Tunnel on a road trip. Now, during that trip to Stafford, I caught up with Ryan Newman, who was competing there not only in the SRX series on Saturday night, but he also snared a modified ride for the tour-type modified 80-lap special event on Friday night. Now, remember, this is the first year that Ryan is not part of the NASCAR Cup scene. And while he spends long overdue time on his farm, and case in point, his daddy's road trip with his daughters. It's all about family now. Rockavan brought both Ashland and Brooklyn along on that trip to Stafford, and they watched Dad race a tour-type modified Friday night. And then, as you just heard, Daddy went on and scored his first SRX victory and his first win since leaving NASCAR's Cup Series last season. I got the chance to sit down with Ryan in the afternoon prior to the running of the SRX event and with both Brooklyn and Ashland listening in had this conversation with the rocket man, Ryan Newman. But my, how things have changed, Ryan Newman, uh, a tremendous career in stock car racing and now part of the SRX brigade. Yeah. Um, 
thinking back, my open wheel career was started in quarter midgets and and then uh, midgets and sprint cars and silver crown cars. Eventually, raced some stock cars, and now I'm here at Stafford running a open wheel modified on a Friday night and an SRX stock car on a Saturday night. So I guess I'm still mixing them both together. I'd be interested in your impressions because you've driven all over the country and it's short tracks. You really do support the short track industry. Your impressions of what you encountered last uh, during that uh, big block modified event? You know, it was um, it's pretty tough. Um, Stafford's a really nice racetrack. It's um, you know pretty tight. Uh, you know, not not three lanes wide, no doubt, and um, just makes it a little bit more challenging to pass. And and it's it's so tough a competition up here. These guys do this for a living. And they're really good at it. They they know the setup. So my first time seeing the racetrack and um, starting 21st and finishing eighth wasn't wasn't too bad. But um, you know, overall, just just uh, fun and tough all at the same time. I got a sense that it ignited a hunger that you want to not get mad but get even. Well, I mean, it um, it worked for a good warm-up for tonight. I mean, we've got, uh, uh, what, 12 other of the best uh, drivers in the world, so I look forward to um, just having a chance to race against them in SRX. And Some of them haven't seen the place, but some of them raced here last year, so I got my advantages and dis- disadvantages, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Ryan, I, I, I was totally taken aback. The people at CBS did a terrific job going behind Ryan Newman's world and something that's near and dear to your heart and that is your your car collection and I could identify with that triumph that that you've treasured but most importantly I also understood the importance of that car that almost took your life yeah, that's um, two special cars. One, my first car was 74 Triumph TR6, which, um, ironically, Paul Tracy said he had one when he was younger too. So, um, you know, we all have a lot of things that are in common in the racing industry, and some of the things uh, on the racetrack and off are, are, are very special to us. But that um, that um, 20, 2020 um, Cup car from Daytona was um, was a tough one. Um, you know, feel so blessed and fortunate to live through it, but um, you know, have a disaster of a trophy to remember that day and it's that's okay with me i'd rather be able to remember it than not let's talk about life after cup you know people i don't think i know most of my listeners cannot appreciate how much you have to dedicate not just on a weekend at the racetrack but your entire life to that career at 36 plus races uh week in and week out with with a sacrifice of many things you've been able to successfully step away from it how has that affected Ryan Newman? Uh, I'm still learning because uh, it is fairly new. Um, you know, I, I feel like we um, we don't necessarily realize some of the things that we miss. And my daughter's now being 11 and 9 um, gives me an opportunity to um, to spend some more time with them. They're they're here at the SRX this race this weekend. Um, but I've, I've I've said this to several people. I've never met anybody that said I I spent too much time with my kids when they were younger. Uh, so I'm doing my best that I can to spend as much time as I possibly can. And um, I'm pretty confident. I'm still not going to say that I spent too much time with my kids when, when they were younger. Uh, you know, there's an old saying, especially with girls. It's uh, from the day they hit the ground to uh, the day you hit the ground. It's COD, call on dad. Uh, do, do your two girls uh, do the same thing? Do they look to you for everything and anything? Uh, I would say I think so. Uh, I don't know so. I'm sure there's going to be some times in life where they choose to go to other people or their friends or, um, you know, we all make, you know, decisions that are questionably bad. But, um, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm proud to do the things that I do with them and be the best dad that I can be. And, and um, some of that's at the racetrack, some of that's away from the racetrack and try to make a good balance of it so they have fun. Do you get to share secrets with them? Yeah, I, my my oldest um, drives outlaw carts. Um, she's a couple years into it, so um, you know, just trying to teach her some of the things that uh, Buddy Baker taught me years ago um, is pretty special. So, Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn, you reacted when he talked about you know your driving career, so I want to give you an opportunity to answer it. I'm good. <laughs> All right, now you got to remember, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt the interview for just a second because. Literally, it was interrupted by both Brooklyn and Ashley. Now, they're well-mannered, but they just enjoyed poking fun at Dad with side comments off of the microphone and making faces. And the laughter ensued. And all of it made Ryan Newman smile. And that's when, abruptly, unannounced, Ryan grabbed the microphone and proceeded to have a conversation that you now get to listen with Brooklyn and Ashlyn Newman. 
so Brooklyn, when we were talking about racing and you racing outlaw carts and um, on dirt and all that stuff, but tell me what what's your ultimate racing dream? What do you want to do as you grow up and mature to be a race car driver? My goal in racing is to beat you. To beat me? Yeah. But I I don't always win. In a race. I you want to beat me in a race? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So even if I run fifth, as long as you're fourth, that's okay. So we got to talk about that because the ultimate goal is to be a winner, not just to beat your dad. I'm going to beat you. Well, I hope you can and do, and I hope that I'm a, I hope that I'm first when you pass me. I beat my dad. Okay. And I believe somebody else wanted to ask you a few questions. How old are you? I'm 11. Wow. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, how many children do you want to have? 14. Alright, we're going back to the station with this. <laughs> so, as you can see, it's, it's likely not the typical wind tunnel interview that you're used to, but for me, and I hope for you, it surely was a memorable one. We'll return with more in just a moment. Coming your way after the break, you'll meet a NASCAR short track hero when we bring you this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. Man, this is for all those guys. Uh, there's a ton of them out there that, that are like me, that have won here, and all these great short tracks around here. We can do it. We just need the opportunities. Today proved it. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's still damn hard to win here, and we did it. They are hometown heroes, drivers who put their passion on the line in front of their friends. Here we go, three wide, got Sellers up in the marble. Halfway home in this one. Off turn four, he heads for the checkered flag. Here comes Riggs! Riggs is back at it on the inside. Buckle up and hold on tight. Time now to focus the spotlight on hometown heroes with this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap. Brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series. Driving local racing in local communities forward. Well, 2022 is the 50th anniversary of what turned out to be, well, shall we say, the crashing of the gate for female athletes as Title IX was instituted 50 years ago. And benefiting from it have been all female athletes, regardless of the sport, including the sport of motorsports. And to give you an illustration, our victory lap by Advanced Auto Parts this week travels all the way to Monroe, Washington, and the Evergreen Speedway that operates weekly that has become a crucible for female drivers, including our next guest, 17-year-old Haley Constance, who joins us here inside the wind tunnel. Haley, so good to have you join us. Uh, you started at a very early age, am I correct? You sat in your first race car when you were three years old? Yes, I was three years old. I started in a 50cc Comer goat car on the dirt. And were you immediately hooked or was it just the, just an extension of a racing family that was spearheaded by your dad's driving? Well, at first I watched my dad, I grew up watching my dad race and I always wanted to get behind the wheel and start racing myself. And after I showed that a little more and showed my interest in racing, they finally put me in something. And as I kept getting faster, they kept moving me up the ranks and then just continued to further my racing career. And yet in the, in the meantime, like any kid growing up, uh, volleyball, basketball, you know, other team sports occupied some of your time. So when did you make the conscious decision? You know, with all due respect with those pastimes, I want to make my sporting bed in motorsports. 
So after I got into the junior late model, that's when my passion just kept getting bigger and bigger. And freshman year of high school for me, I was going to try out for the volleyball team because I was also playing club volleyball at the time. And I decided to just quit everything. I realized that I loved racing so much more than anything else I did. So I just told my dad, let's better our program. Let's keep going. Let's see how far we can go in racing. I'm going to quit everything else. And his response, did he, did, was he excited? Was he you know, have some trepidation? How did your dad respond to your decision? My dad was super excited. We share the same passion. So he was like, okay, let's go. We're going to get a little bit more serious. I hope you're ready. My mom was a little butthurt because she liked the sports side of things a little bit more, but now we're here. She's one of my biggest supporters. So I love having her involved in my racing too. You know, one of the aspects of short track racing, and that's where I was born and raised, uh, is the fact that it, it, it can easily unite a family. You alluded to the fact that your dad had a great career as a driver and now serves as your coach. But you also have two siblings, two brothers that are ultra competitive in micro sprints. And every now and again, you like to take up that mantle as well. That's got to be kind of crazy when the three of you go back to the dirt. It is super crazy. This last Friday, we all three were racing. And it's hard because we don't have a lot of help, but it's so much fun doing it together. And it's a little hectic, but we have a lot of fun doing it. And it's just nice having that competition because it motivates you more to keep getting better and better and try to beat them. So it's nice having that competition, especially when it's your own family. All right. Staying within the family and, and Haley, recognizing that your two brothers are probably not standing over your shoulders so you can be... Uh, 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 I'm sorry, Brooklyn, your sister and your older brother, Spencer, uh, aren't standing over your shoulder. Who's the best behind the wheel? Well, I have to say myself. I mean, ah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I like. It, let's move to, to your career at Evergreen because, uh, you're, you're not at the entry level is an unfair way to put it. But I think with the, with the guidance of your dad, you you've set about a course of action where every race you compete in the goal is to get better. And as you get closer and closer, uh, winning now is part of the conversation. Is it not? Yeah, it is. So winning is our main goal this year. We want, we either think you should go for a championship because you played a little bit more safe, like top fives, top threes, but this year we just solely focused on winning races and I think we just keep getting closer and closer to that. Every race we do, we keep progressing. Um, we started off the season really strong with a third place finish, our very first race. And unfortunately, the second race we had at Evergreen, we had electrical issues. And then we just recently had the summer showdown or the Mark Galloway race, sorry, which was one of the biggest race at, races at Evergreen this year. And we finished with a solid top four finish. So I think we're getting closer and hopefully we can get that win soon. How much patience does it take, Haley, to know that the wins will come? But right now, what's of utmost importance is to develop your racecraft. It takes a lot of patience. It's hard to realize that it's not going to come right away. And you have to focus a lot on your feedback and growing as a driver for that win to finally come. And like I've said before, a lot of winning races comes from working in the shop and developing your knowledge on the mechanics of the car and learning about how setup works, what kind of feedback you can give to make the car better. So you're the best car and driver out there. And, you know, you, again, under the guidance of your parents, have made well the shop work a family affair as well reserving Tuesday and Thursday nights, I understand, as uh, as shop nights. So tell me what goes into it when the Constance family convenes in the garage to get all the different racing vehicles ready. It's a lot of fun. It can be stressful at times. And you know how that goes with families when things get a little stressful. But it's it's nice because my older brother and my dad have so much knowledge that they can teach me in the shop. Um, and a lot of the times we do have fun. So it's nice just being able to have that thing that gets everybody together because some families don't necessarily have that thing. So I'm super thankful for it. As I, as I alluded to when we first uh, joined uh, the wind tunnel here, 
uh, you're you're at the the launch point of your career. Uh, what's what what are what are your long term goals? I know your short term goals, but where do you hope this ride will eventually take you in the world of motorsports? Eventually, I really want to be running super late models and just traveling all over, kind of like a Bubba Pollard or Jeremy Doss or Derek Thorne, just doing that, racing like the Snowball Derby. That's one of my main goals. I really want to race the Snowball Derby, but just keep progressing. And I want to take it step by step and just keep growing and just see where it takes me in the long run. As I said, long before you were even a great thought in your parents' minds, uh, the United States adopted uh, what was long overdue, and that is Title IX, to uh, stop even at de facto levels discrimination against female athletes and female sports and try to gain some parity. And certainly over the course of the world of motorsports, from uh, from Louise Smith all the way to Janet Guthrie to Sarah Fisher to Danica Patrick, it strikes me that once you hit the ground in that go-kart at age three, there didn't seem to be that sort of stigma against female race car drivers. Have you ever experienced any sort of negativity due to the fact that, well, your gender may be different than some of the others that get in race cars? Well, every once in a while, it's like obviously people see the female driver and maybe think less of them. Hopefully not. But I haven't got too much discrimination where I race. I think I've gotten a lot of respect from the other drivers. And I'm thankful for my parents because even since a young age, they let me know that there's no limits, which has helped my confidence and helped me keep going as a driver, even if I do face a little bit of discrimination. But I like to think of myself as just a race car driver, not a female race car driver, just a race car driver in general. And and thank goodness your parents instilled that into you. But I'll add to it just because I can and because I am a dad of a daughter. Uh, the fact that Sarah Fisher once said, and all female race car drivers need to remember this, a race car is an inanimate object. It's a mechanical thing. It does not discern the difference between a man or a woman that's twisting the steering wheel. What it responds to is talent. Exactly. So this season has been good, but it certainly can get better. And, you know, as I said, you're in an area there in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest that seems to have been really good at developing uh, adept and very accomplished female race car drivers. So I, I would think that that's got to be encouraging for what your lifelong goals are to follow in the footsteps and become uh, a female Bubba Pollard. Uh, racing against some older folks in your division, uh, how receptive have they been? And what's the best lesson, both positive and or negative, that you've learned from them? Well, there's a lot of great racers at Evergreen Speedway, like Nama Lang, Chad Fitzpatrick, and a whole bunch of others that come and race there. And they've taught me a lot. Going up into the class at 16 years old, there was a lot for me to learn about respect and how to drive other people and just be a good driver in general. So I think I learned a lot doing that, and I'm hoping to just learn more. and. Um, just keep going with that on a one to 10 with 10 being totally confident. Where's your confidence level going into the rest of this season, Haley? I would love to say a 10, but right now, probably a seven. I think confidence is very important going into racing because if you don't believe that you're a winner, if you don't believe that you can win, then I don't think you'll get there. You have to have that thought in the back of your head. So I try to believe it, but sometimes it can be a little difficult. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, indeed I do. And listen, when you attain that 10, then you'll shoot for an 11, a 12, or a 13. Staying with the one to, staying with the one to 10, though, for a question, in terms of questioning, on a 1 to 10, what is Haley Constance, uh, shall we say, passion for a sport that was shown to her by her dad and has been nurtured by her parents, her brother, and her sister? Oh, definitely a 12, maybe more. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's, it's a distinct pleasure. 
Uh, I always enjoy talking to young aspiring race car drivers, especially when their heads are screwed on straight. And thanks to the way you've been brought up, there is no question in my mind about that. And I wish you the very best of luck as you continue your climb up that ladder. And you know what? A snowball derby win is on the horizon. Just have patience, confidence, and passion, and you'll get there, kiddo. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. You've been listening to the Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap, brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series, driving local racing in local communities forward. Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. That brings to a close this week's episode of Wind Tunnel. My thanks to Ryan Newman, Haley Constance, and Will Power for dropping in and sharing their stories with you. Now, next week, Wind Tunnel will return, and my guests will include NASCAR Senior Vice President Ben Kennedy and Marco Andretti, as well as another short track star from NASCAR's Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing World. Until then, I'm Jack Aru. Thanks for joining me right here inside the wind tunnel you've been listening to jackaroot's wind tunnel wind tunnel is brought to you by advanced auto parts the official auto parts retailer of nascar follow us on our social media twitter instagram facebook and linkedin and be sure to subscribe to wind tunnel's youtube channel where you'll discover bonus content I'm Lenny Baticki of Performance Racing Networks at the Track Show, saying thank you for joining us today. See you again next week.